0: What's up party people? It's Talib Kweli, the host of the People's Party. I know you've been enjoying it so far. We thank you for your love and support. We got more People's Party coming up. We got all types of situations that you're gonna wanna tune into and never forget to watch. Talib Kweli, Jasmine Lee, it
1: is the People's Party. Let's go. I wasn't a fan of Kanye West. I was almost like a disciple. Mm. Right. And so, and so like, it, what, what ends up happening is, for the times of TMZ that he does wild, crazy shit, or he's getting into it with people, Eight years, I'm defending him. That's right. And whatever happens, whatever no matter what he do, whatever no matter what he have, whatever whatever he, he does, he's, he's us. He's a, like like I know that Kanye West has a gigantic megaphone mm-hmm. and a huge cultural weapon, and he uses it for us. He's always using it for his music, mm-hmm. and I'm continuously feeding the weapon, continuously feeding the weapon, and one day the weapon's pointed directly at me.
0: peace of love party people this is talib kwali the bkmc the mceo you are tuned in to another wonderful fantastic episode of the people's party i got jasmine lee in the house with me tonight hi we gonna have a good time today jasmine i'm excited i have another friend of mine coming in This guy is somebody who, I've not known this guy for a very long time, but in the short time that I've known him, I've been very impressed with him. Mm. Um, He's a stand-up guy. This is someone who's become an important voice for the culture. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this is the people's party, and this gentleman is truly a man of the people. He is a fellow podcaster. I now get to say that I'm a podcaster, because I'm official. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like a referee with a whistle at this point. Um... He has been at TMZ for a number of years. He has broke some of the biggest pop culture news stories of the last few years. And in fine fashion, he stood up to my homie, Kanye West, at a time when Kanye West needed somebody to stand up to him. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Van Lathan in the house. What's up, Van? What's up,
1: baby?
0: How you feeling? Yeah. You are from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes, indeed.
1: Beautiful city, beautiful culture, beautiful people.
2: How is your accent?
1: We don't have one. Oh,
2: in Baton shoot.
1: in Baton Rouge, it's kind of a place where the accent dies a little bit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like in the in North Louisiana uh-huh. you get like the real country Arkansas, Texas type of mm-hmm. deal. In New Orleans you can obviously hear so that. y'all
0: come back now you here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: But in Baton Rouge it's kind of like, you know, we don't we don't have it as much there. Okay.
0: I did not know that. Me
1: neither. It's true. I mean, we talk, we ratchet. Mm -hmm. You listen to Boosie and Kevin Gates and all of those guys, they talk in a specific way, but you don't really get a Southern or Cajun twain. Not really in it. Right,
0: right, right. Mm. Um, How did you get to Los Angeles?
1: Um, Well, we had a weather event in Louisiana. I don't know if you guys heard about it in around 2005. Uh huh. Yeah. And Break around. It down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know
2: what was it. I don't. <laughs> know it I can't remember
1: the name of it, but it, it was uh, quite significant. Weather event. A weather, weather event. Events. Um, and at that point in my life, uh, it sort of realigned my perspective
3: mm-hmm.
1: on everything. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I was tinkering with the idea of coming to LA before then. Mm-hmm. I had worked on a couple of big shows. I I was doing movies that were coming into town because Baton Rouge had to have a lot of movies that shoot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actually doing a movie while the hurricane came in oh, the movie wow. was called the reaping with Idris elba mm-hmm. and uh and hillary swank and i was like the stage manager of okay i uh, come in and we shot at an old wall i didn't
0: realize that you were in the film industry in baton rouge yeah okay yeah so
1: i was the the i would come in and i thought i was so important dog like you I, were important i was having everybody everybody <laughs> my mom was visiting my baby the stage man <laughs> so everybody's coming in and like uh and the hurricane comes, and I saw how quickly civilization just can be shredded.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I It was just like overnight. Mm-hmm. The, we, it, it comes, and then people come back, and they start showing pictures of their homes and stuff like that, and you think, oh, that's really sad. Then all of a sudden, you go to Walmart, and there's no food there. Mm. Then you can't get gas. Then you can't get anything. And I saw that a lot of this stuff is our own creation, and if you want something, you got to... Actually go use the time that you have mm-hmm. as a human being mm-hmm. to go try to make it happen, right? And so sitting on your ass in Louisiana Wasn't gonna work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of test LA out. Uh, I left because uh, I had some connections out there I left right after the show I was mm-hmm. supposed to come out here a week and just see how it was and I never went back home.
0: Wow oh, man. Mm-hmm. So you quickly became one of my favorite people once we got on the phone and we got on the phone over some things mm-hmm. that we can get into later but before we get into that, because you became one of my favorite people after we started talking on the phone, mm. um, I don't know what LL is doing at Rock the Bells. First of all, shout out to the GOAT LL Cool J. He's yeah, yeah. hard but as it, hell. Yeah, hard a hell. wild. LL is she hard as wild. hell.
1: Right, he'll crush you like a jelly bean. Right. And it was wild go- to be on the phone with him. Yeah, you felt the sexiness over the phone. Oh, he does wow. when LL
0: calls you baby, like he, like, he you like, still feel
1: like a man. Is in it's other it's in, yeah. I'm telling Ella, you, what's up, baby? It's in the oh, other shit. room. It's in the other like I'm, oh. I, I, I I step off the floor of TMZ oh. to take the call, <laughs> and it's on the phone and it's like yo it's LL. Like, yeah. Oh shit! Right, he's licking <laughs> Am his right lips like feeling talking? this way. you like, get a
2: little wet. I'm just kidding. a
3: little bit. <laughs> like
0: it's like that j-
1: Jamie Foxx Prince joke. It's the same thing. Yeah. I imagine when he was when I when I, when I was talking to him, I imagined that he was somewhere with his shirt off, of
2: course, <laughs> and his pants leg up. Yeah,
1: and I'm I'm thinking, well, what is he
0: doing? Right. Is he oiling up right now. But let's keep, <laughs> let's remember that LL Cool J is one of the fiercest battle rappers in rap history. A lot of people just know him from his sexy shit,
1: but let's not forget that niggas grew up wanting to be LL. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. It was so it was, what's so funny about LL's career is, mm-hmm. he'll tap your jaw. Just to remind you that he can, right? Yeah. So he's on this sexy hey lover, hey, lover, hey, lover shit, and then all of a sudden, cannabis comes out the side of his neck and LL goes, let me just get you right real quick, right. Really. <laughs> you ever seen John Mayer and Dave Chappelle? Of yeah. course. With Daniel Caesar? No. When Daniel they, they Oh, when Daniel Caesar was on there and yeah, Dave yeah, yeah, Ch- yeah. and Dave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but
0: right. But Dave said to him, once they started reconciling, yeah. Dave was like, Daniel started to be like, you know what? I might be tripping. Dave was like, I feel like I'm OG pressuring you. You (laughs) And that phrase, OG pressuring, I feel like LL was just OG pressuring cannabis. Like, nigga, how dare you talk about that mic on my arm? How dare you? First of all, let me tell you about this mic on my arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. LL wanted us to do a show. And I said I want to do. He wanted me to have a conversation, Mm -hmm. and I said Van Lathan is the guy that I want to have a conversation with. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because me and Van Lathan, this is a guy that I have respect for, um, but I feel like we disagree on some things because of how we first met. Sure. But it turns out we don't really don't disagree on that much. Mm. And LL noticed that, and he was like, "I don't know if there's enough friction between y'all for like an interesting show." It's like a two months ago or something. We did a couple episodes. Yeah. Shout out to LL. I'm still down. This People's Party is not an exclusive wait, situation. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait a minute you know I can still wait do Rock God the Bells. You know what I'm saying? Just that's to let you going, know.
1: That's him going Hollywood. You're
0: just going to kick me <laughs> off right that, here that, in front that, of me that, like I don't how need you, People's that's Party. That's how you know no, he's cool. going Hollywood. I like
1: people's Party. He's already got a job trying to get another right. job.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and just leaving me right in my face. Doing his <laughs> Ryan Seacrest Nick Cannon thing right here. Look at this
1: magic that we got.
2: Oh my God. Between me and Van Lathen. That's how you know.
1: That's Hollywood right there. But yeah, man like it like I when we when we first met um obviously anybody who follows hip-hop for a Mm -hmm. long time is aware Mm -hmm. of everything that you've done and like sort of the 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 weight that you carry Mm -hmm. and I just when we started talking it became evident that there was a lot to be learned man Mm -hmm. and so I think one thing for me that listen when you're working at TMZ there is uh a natural sort of distance that people might put between you and them right even if they see you every day Mm -hmm. and They think that you're cool. They think Mm. that you're a a good person you represent for the culture you do whatever I think the one thing that the Kanye interaction did was it Signaled to people that I was somebody that they could trust right that they could have a conversation with that I wasn't trying to get anything out of them that I there was something inside of me that was genuine that will react in the time that they thought that I should have reacted. So that helped me s- skip a lot of steps to being able to sit down and have conversations with people who I respect.
0: Right. Now, is Harvey a conservative? I don't know. You don't know? Yeah. You've worked with him for a long time.
1: I think that I, I, I have, mm-hmm. and I've seen him like all over the gamut. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's no way around it TMZ right. was very, very. Because uh, I
0: asked because he was pro Trump at some point, right? And I've heard you do interviews where you where you said he switched his position on that.
1: Well, he switched his position on Trump. So he, he, here's the thing about that, and this is the most frustrating thing about the Donald Trump phenomenon. Mm-hmm. The if there's one thing that Black people have, uh, and really marginalized on oppressed people have, um, have had the ability to do. Uh, in America for as long as they've been here is to develop a danger uh, radar detection system. Mm-hmm. We can see when something is particularly dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. We can see when something means us harm. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we see that something means us harm, and then right. we try to alert people. Right, we right. say, hey, look, this is bad. And they go, I oh, don't worry about it. It's not really that bad. You don't understand the world we're living in. Right, right, right. And so when Trump is coming and all of these things are happening and you see sort of people uh, being co-opted into this, and you see the identity politics playing out in a way. Mm-hmm. You go to people that you know and you trust, and you think are rational people, and you go, "Yo, this is wrong, mm-hmm. not wrong on a micro scale, wrong on a gigantic scale. Right. Like this can shift the political dynamic and the discourse of the country in a way that we might not be able to get it back. This mm-hmm. is the pres- this guy's running for president. Mm-hmm. That's something different. And when those people don't really take that at face value until it directly affects them mm-hmm. It it guts you yeah it, it it and so what I feel like is uh, Not just particularly him, but a lot of people thought hey this guy's just a guy up there doing an act This is not really the way he's going to be Trump kept or is attempting to keep every single promise he made mm-hmm. yeah. He's exactly who we said he was
0: yeah, I feel like um Donald Trump is the type of person that if you're famous and Harvey Levin is a guy that deals with fame, you know, Mm -hmm. he makes his money off of um, fame and Mm -hmm. people's relationship with it. Um, If you're famous and you've been famous for a number of years, you've met Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. You've been in a room with him. And I I don't I might be the exception to that rule. I've been famous for a long time. I've never I've never met Donald Trump, but I probably have been in a room with him. Sure. And um, I was fine with Donald Trump. As the guy who changed my life dramatically, or had a had a had a participation in changing my life dramatically, when he put out the ad uh, in the in the paper about the Central Park Five. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when that ad came out, how it affected me as a young black man who's the same age as the Central Park Five. Word. Um, I've always known Donald Trump is a racist. When Raekwon the chef came with, guess who's the black Trump? You know what I'm saying? Like when hip-hop was celebrating him as the symbol for decadence, I understood that that didn't mean that we were celebrating Donald Trump, the human being, Mm -hmm. that he was just seen as a symbol for um, the American dream, for capitalism, where everybody's chasing, right? And so when he was a buffoon as a celebrity reality TV star on NBC, I didn't write no letters to NBC. I didn't protest because I had no problem with him being I knew he was a racist I knew he was a sexist a bigot, but I had no problem with him getting his money in America Because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm hey, it's America You know what I'm saying you can still get money I don't I, I just won't support your product. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna watch the apprentice sure that's fine But when like it's like you said it's very important when he runs for president
3: oh, so yeah, That
0: changes up. the conversation, right, you know, and I think a lot of people especially in the world that you're in um, Didn't understand that mm-hmm. and I, I say that because like what do you say to people who feel like like I know who you are like I consider you like like I deal with code Yeah, as a black person a person of color I feel like you own code, mm-hmm. but you work for TMZ that a lot of people feel like is exploitive mm-hmm. uh, uh, Exploitative is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Yeah Exploitative and mm-hmm. parasitic is words that have been used to describe TMC. Mm-hmm. What's your response to that?
1: Well, I don't I don't I don't dip into my bag to defend any corporation, not mm-hmm. even the one that I work for.
0: Mm-hmm. And we I, all have to work
1: <clears throat> for people. Right. N- not all of us. Some of right. us are privileged enough to be artists for a living, yeah. but most people have to work. So, but what I would say is at the same time that I don't defend any corporate entity, especially one that's made some high profile mistakes,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, any situation you put me into, I'm going to be van. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were certain realities about uh, TMZ that I came to understand um as i got deeper into it mm-hmm. uh and anytime that i've understood those things i've done what i can to make my voice heard inside of the office mm-hmm. i've always and the one thing i will say about working there is they don't tell you you can't say anything
3: mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome. so we so if, if me and him if, if harvey or tmz is Representing a certain position and I think that is bad. I say it on the show. They leave it in the show mm-hmm. So I get a chance to be me. I've never ever ever had to tuck back an opinion I've never had to have something edited out. I've always been able to be that mm-hmm. because for better or worse. They invite that mm-hmm. um, now That doesn't change the overall influence that um, Something might have on pop culture. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that there are a lot of people out there that uh that make money on division, that make money on things that are scandalous, and make money on things that are salacious. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of questions need to be asked in terms of why those things are are so sellable and right. why they can be commodified in the right. way that they are. Um, but for me personally, the only thing I can say is there's a lot of work that I'm that I get to do at TMZ that I think is absolutely dope. Right. Like, um, you know you you hear about the Griselda boys Benny the Butcher and those guys mm-hmm. like I get to hit them up and be like yo, man I'm I'm I really fuck with what you're doing right like How can we make it so we, you can kind of you know, whatever and expose right. different people to uh, a right. larger audience? So
0: it's- that's that's a very important point because a, a, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of celebrities and people that you see on TMZ um, have active relationships
1: Mm-hmm. With TMZ. Sometimes right? they don't. Like what, for me, when I'm say what I'm saying is if I if I like if I send a camera to you, if I do I'm not asking, I'm not gonna ask you for anything. It's just while I'm there and I can put people I put my neighbors on TMZ before. Mm-hmm. I'd like I I would go on TMZ and be like, yo, this guy's the next big up and coming right. actor and really he's a guy that lives down the hall from me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you let me borrow some sugar one time, how can I pay you back to put you on TV? Right. So so for me I got some
3: sugar
2: for you. <laughs> and so and, and
1: so and so for and so for me, all of those all, all of those, you know, um all of those opportunities are afforded by the platform. Mm-hmm. And the platform and the platform matters. And at the same time, mm-hmm. remember now, people can have uh, all types of opinions on these different things. I know these people on a human level.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So Harvey and I have disagreed about that and other things, but there have also been personal times in my life, mm-hmm. things that I've gone through personally, things that my family have gone, has gone through personally, to where, where while me and him argue like cats and dogs, and there have been some really tense arguments mm-hmm. about the whole Donald Trump thing, there have also been other things that not only do we see eye to eye on them, but that over eight or nine years of working with somebody, it's just two human beings at some point. Yeah.
2: Do you ever like uh, personally feel bad that you guys are being intrusive into people's lives because uh, you know a lot of things that are in the media mess up people's livelihood on the day to day? Like, does that ever affect you? Of course. How do you deal with that?
1: You just like for me, number one, you try to put things in context as much as you can, right? So if 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 there is an actual story, if there's actually something to be gained. Um, by a specific celebrity news story, then it's worth the fight, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's not then it's not and and, and and You and sometimes when people make certain mistakes It's my job at TMZ to maybe translate a little culture and explain how things might be different Where I'm from or in the culture that I come from to where the mainstream culture might not get that mm-hmm. They might not understand that it seems a way and it's not that way but if if Sometimes when I see people that have made certain mistakes or things are gonna come out, uh, you, you definitely feel bad. You definitely—it's definitely not the energy that you sometimes mm-hmm. always want to be a part of.
0: Yeah, I am. I know that if I make a mistake or if I fuck up, that I'm gonna be on TMZ. Like, you know, I gotta make a big mistake for it. I'm not—I'm not, I'm not a list celebrity, right? <laughs> for me to be on for TMZ, A-list I gotta fuck up bad. Well, let me tell you—I'll tell
1: you this though. <laughs> Let's say you you're doing something, mm-hmm. and this is what and I, I want everybody to know this. Let's say you're doing something and it's super dope. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's say Taleb does something where he gives backpacks to a thousand kids mm-hmm. in the Bronx. If you give me that, I'll put you on the site. Right. Because you know of who you are. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? saying? Because TMC <laughs> has given you the license to do that. Is, about to if, say, if you do whatever, like if if you don't just hey, is this is my camera right here. Don't just let us deal in the bad shit. If you're doing some amazing shit, send it to me I'll put you on the site promise you but this that's a good point because yeah. this is what I was about to say Like I know that if I fuck up.
0: I'm be, I'm gonna be on TMZ and the, I've been on TMZ a few times And when you see me, I'm as always me out of SiriusXM XM or LAX and the people who come up to me with the cameras mm-hmm. I got to say a hundred percent of the time are super respectful mm-hmm. yeah. super respectful but I feel like it's because of who I am like I'm not you know, it's like like okay It's like I've, I've made a good name for myself in the business. So it's like they're coming They're not looking for
1: dirt, right? They're looking
0: for content. hmm but it's not dirt They're not looking
1: to throw me under the bus They also know that if they if they're getting you and they and they want to get a piece of usable video They can't say something fucking stupid to you, right? If they if they if they right. want a piece of usable video, they're not gonna come up to you and be like man would you battle bad baby for a million dollars? Like they not they like they not that's not gonna be a piece right. of usable video. Right. You're gonna go, get out of here. As-salamu alaykum, or whatever. Whatever, whatever I'm like, say, like, 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 Whatever Talib Kholyi would say. Whatever
3: Talib Kholyi would say.
1: Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, it's not, it's yeah, not they know they're they they not going to get that from right, you. Right, right. So, so what they're going to come with is something that leans into your personality yeah. and they feel like you can actually be pithy and engaging on.
0: I have the same critiques of TMZ that any rational person would have. Sure. But my experience personally, and this is, has been good, because I've always been able to use the platform to push a message. Mm-hmm. That when I've been on TMZ, it's been like I've said the right shit. Because I know it's TMZ, right. so I was like, I know what the reach is. And so when they come up to me, I'm like, Oh, I'm about to say some fly mm-hmm. shit.
1: Right. And let's be real, it's celebrity news. So mm-hmm. there's like, there's, there's only so. It's celebrity news. Right. Now that's not to say that some of the biggest stories that have changed a lot of things, mm-hmm. TMZ got down Sterling out the paint. Right. TMZ made the NFL change its. Policy on domestic violence. Mm-hmm. All of those things were started right there in that office. Right. You know what I mean? So it, there, there's been some things that are good, but it's celebrity news, so it's supposed to be a good right. place.
2: But I have a love hate relationship with TMZ because that's the first job that didn't hire me. Like oh, every wow. every job I've ever went on an like, interview for, right. I, I was trying to be a tour guide on the that's bus. That's what he did. That's why I started. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, you can start on the bus, and then you can get in the room." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Wait, I'm did you come get... in for training? Yes. Do you remember me? I do. Oh my God! Do you?
1: That's why I was like, I was, I was like, like when you came in, Wait a you, second. you trained, like you, like you Wait came into the office for training, did you not? Yeah,
2: but I didn't. know it wasn't like training, training, but they just like bring you in there and like show you the stuff. That so like doing. some I, LA I shit. Her, right? When I saw
1: you, I was like, Yo, don't I know her? Yeah, and then, but I didn't
2: get the job, I know. and I really feel uh, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, dang it, I don't even know where I was going with that now. Gosh you said You're saying, saying
1: that she they didn't hire that she you. Didn't get the yeah, they didn't hire so me. Upset.
2: And, um, I, no, I was leading into something, but I forgot it, so it's all no, right. No, but th-
0: I'm glad you brought that up, because I was actually about to bring that up as well, because...
2: That they didn't hire me?
0: No, because, because <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't know that. But Harvey Levin got on a tour bus while you were doing a tour, yeah. right? And he saw you doing a tour. Mm-hmm. What was it that you were doing that was so special that
1: he was like, you need to be on the show? challenging the bus. Mm. So you're on a tour bus, right? Mm-hmm. And you're 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 doing the tour and people have the natural uh it's it's natural that you lose that you lose concentration,
3: mm-hmm. right?
1: So I would throw in jokes every once in a <laughs> to challenge the people on the bus. Right. So we were passed by a hustler store. And we were passed by a hustler store. And I would tell people, I would be like, listen, the Hustler story means a lot to me. Right. Shout out to Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to Cincinnati, Ohio. Is that
0: where it started?
1: (laughs) Larry Flint. Larry Flint. I would say, yeah, I said, yo, the Hustler story means a lot to me. And they would be like, why does the Hustler story mean so much to you? I'd be like, because Larry Flint is an important figure in civil rights. (laughs) He is. And they would be like, The people
0: versus Larry Flint. Right. And they would be like,
1: it would be like, why? I'd be like, well, because it's actually rumored that Larry Flint took a bullet. Because Hustler was one of the first magazines to include interracial Frodo spreads in the magazine, mm-hmm. and I would look at the crowd of people from the middle from the Midwest, and I'd be like, "So I feel like Larry Flint took a bullet for my ability to fuck white women." <laughs> <laughs> and you would say this on the bus, and I, I, and, I, and I would say, I would, I would say that, I would say that on the bus, <laughs> and people, and I remember when I said that. Harvey went, oh my God. And, and, and like and, and he's he started writhing in his seat in the in the, in the in the in the in the back seat, and I knew that was it. And because after a while, and people go, oh Jesus, did he just like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like after a while, people like really, they they you have to re-engage them. You have to keep them coming. And, right, and, right. On, and on my tours, after a while, that's that's kind of the stuff that we would do. So after mm-hmm. he saw that, he was like, yo, man, I gotta have this kid. And the, the funny thing is, he... It was, it was so crazy the way it works. So the f- very first time I pitched in the office, we got Woody, and this, is, this tells you kind of how, how good Harvey is at his job. Uh-huh. Um, see how that joke just killed? Yeah. The, 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 the first time I was in the office, we got Woody Harrelson's brother.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And Harvey goes, oh, we got Woody Harrelson's brother. And he was, and it was, the pitch had nothing to do with this. I was new in the office, but he wanted to make me a thing. And he goes, um, uh, Woody Harrelson played Larry Flint and right. the people versus Larry Flint right Van has a great story about Larry Flint's important to importance to civil rights I told it the whole room went crazy. I was official <laughs> wow.
2: awesome! But you know what
1: happened though? So when like I was one of the very first tour guys, right? Mm-hmm. So we were right by the time she came they had a, they have the first of all the tour is fantastic. It's a mm-hmm. lot of fun It really is a lot of fun it's, a, it like, it's, a, it's like the most fun that you could like really have because the tour is so unique because they go all around and place and they tell you like, other tours you go, oh, this is a Walt Disney concert hall, oh. right. like, like, <laughs> like Like like, this I tour. I love this tour, tour, God voice. Right, this I'm, tour goes, yo, this is where Hugh Grant Picked up Divine Brown. Right, right. And like and then and then you it, that's the kind of things that you get. This is where Josh Hartnett got diarrhea. Josh like, Hartnett. At, at, yeah, at the Chateau mom, And we have the 911 call. Shout out to Josh Hartnett. Shout out to him. But so when, when by the time she came <laughs> I'm a, along. I'm a Josh
0: Hartnett fan. I think
1: he's underappreciated as an actor. I think so. he's dope. But she came along, there was a script. Mm-hmm. We, as tour guides, mm-hmm. were creating the tour. Mm-hmm. So I got to do all kinds of different mm. things that maybe some of the guys don't have the opportunity to do now. Mm. But if she had gotten on the bus, she'd be able to do it where she wants.
2: Man, let's. I mean, everything happens for a reason, but I was just like, I will be perfect on TMZ. Yeah. They shot my dreams down. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awkward <laughs> <laughs> pause. Right. Right. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. This is what's interesting to me about you is that. You're one of the few people that we've had on this show that's not an actor or a rapper or. You're just Van fucking Lathan. Word. How are you doing this? What you mean? Just
1: being you and like. I'm sitting here talking to you. Like. Do you know why? The number one currency that anyone has in the world is that they're them. Mm hmm. So like the 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 number one currency that you have that's jewels and gems right there like, that's the drop of size right there. <laughs> I was just saying like the the like you are I just consider these things that would drive me crazy mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You are born mm-hmm. and you are the only one of you that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. No one is ever gonna look at the world quite like you look at. Mm-hmm. It. No one is ever gonna like their food quite like you like mm-hmm. it. That, that's the pure and most devastating power that you have. Mm-hmm. Any attempt to conform, you're undoing the reason why you're actually here. Mm. You're actually here to offer a unique um, and unabashed perspective and in- experience on this entire thing called life. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are all of these things about me that people deem um, <laughs> weird, or bad. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how to lean into them and take ownership with them because those are the things that connect me to other people. Mm-hmm. The things that make me unique, the, the fact that I can like access those things and really talk about them and relate to people are the things that kind of make, uh, that make me intriguing to people. Wow. So um, I, I think that being able to sort of translate myself and put it out there is is, is the greatest thing Um, That I can offer society and it's only because I try
0: what
2: steps did you do to like be able to break that barrier? Because you know uh, they always say that when you can go back to your childhood self That's when you were the freest and then as you grow up people put all of these different things You know don't do this don't be like that don't like that and then that's how you end up, you know being conformed So the fact that you can just tap into your super superpower what are some things you can share for other people that, you know, are struggling with being able to tap into that superpower?
1: Well, one thing is I spend a lot of time by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's important, I, that's interesting. Yeah, when I spend a lot of time on my own, I learned that, like, you develop a very, you develop a skill set in being you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you develop this weird way of <laughs> being an individual when, you, when it's just you. You know, cause let's say like when I was, like when I was really at like, at my loneliest po- time in life, right? So I would get up and then I would play Madden against the computer, which is fucking pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, like you, like everybody, like I, I would play Madden. You can't, you can't get somebody in Louisiana, you can't get somebody to come to the crib and play Madden with you. You're playing like, I got like five seasons running concurrently, right? Play Madden, three hours. Uh, watch porn six. Oh, damn. Then, then, then then like then after that go to churches. Right. Uh churches
2: chicken or church to church.
1: No, no Lamar. Oli. How you gonna go from, you know, gonna go from watching him. porn to going to church? That would really be a psycho. Church is chicken. Oh, okay. Right, right. That sounds like a, so, nigga a nigga wake up call moment. A nigga wake up call moment, like I feel bad about it. So you you do all of these things, but then after a while, you're just sitting there and you're just inside of your brain. Mm-hmm. You're inside of your mind. Then you get around a bunch of people and all of these things that you've learned about yourself, you want them to know them. Mm. You want them to know that you're unafraid to be you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're you're deep diving into all of these different things, right? And so then after that, that becomes habitual, and right. doesn't matter what room you're in, you're you.
0: Now I heard I saw your Instagram recently, and you were seemed to be upset about the fast food rankings. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> and you just mentioned Church's Chicken. Yes, very the fondly. No, I didn't. Place in the world. Okay. I didn't mention. I said that's what I ate. I didn't say I like. That's it. what you ate. Now yeah. you had, you you famously have lost a lot of weight. 130 pounds. 130 pounds he lost and he documented his journey, mm-hmm. wrote a book about it. Yes.
1: Can you talk to us about that? The book is called Life Between Cheat Meals. Mm-hmm. And so what the book is about is, it's a memoir of an ex fat guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it shows, it shows how you get, um, uh, how I got myself into the problem mm-hmm. and then how I got myself out of it. One of the first things that I had to learn about my body was that it wasn't all my fault. Okay, so the very first thing that you get, uh, you get a lot of things when you're a kid, right? You get given a lot of things. Mm -hmm. One of the first things you get given is your diet.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. So that that gets given to you. Your parents give you a diet. They tell you what to eat. But Mm -hmm. then the culture that you're in gives you a diet as well. Mm -hmm. So being from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, being born in that city Mm -hmm. at the time that I was born gives me a predisposition to being obese. And a lot
0: and a lot of people don't understand that. Especially in America mm-hmm. that you know obesity is something that disproportionately affects poor people right mm-hmm. poor people of color mm-hmm. people uh, assume that if they see a uh, an obese person that oh they're they're over and they have
1: too much, mm-hmm. but it's because of the diet it's right? cheaper right. to
2: eat fatty foods it's just it fat. is
1: i mean in the in, in, in back at the crib right now, you spend like three ninety nine you got fifteen chicken wings mm-hmm. a couple people eating off that you know what I'm saying um so you start unlearning things that you learn, mm-hmm. uh, like in an age where you can kind of figure out the world and you know what it is that you want to eat. But what's happened is, in all of that time that you're just doing what you your culture kind of indoctrinated you to mm-hmm. do, you're building up shame. Okay. And you're learning how to hate yourself, mm-hmm. and you're learning how to section yourself away. A lot of this time that I talked about spending alone. I spent a lot. I used to shower with the lights off. What? Wow. You know what I'm saying? This sounds so what, like depression. How did
2: you know where to it, wash?
1: Huh? it's true it's true i almost almost killed myself but like but um but like so all of these things happen and then one day for whatever reason you start working on them and you start unlearning Mm -hmm. and so what the book is essentially about is number one how i got myself in the position how i got myself out of it and how you maintain having a full functional uh, complete life between the cheat meals because when I go on a cheat meal binge, I go hard. Mm. Like I do my thing, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll have the cheat meal, and then I'll eventually I'll automatically start thinking about the next cheat meal. Like it's Sunday, I just polished off that fourth apple fritter, and I can I, mm-hmm. I, I start I love thinking, the apple fritters. oh they're so good, right? I
2: can make some ball apple fritters.
1: Oh, you make the apple fritter? I'm a chef. Oh word, um, and so but I did not know that you never you didn't know I know a
2: nothing.
1: chef. It never made me nothing because
2: you always have a chef.
0: We'll talk about that later.
1: Hollywood. Go back. <laughs> Hollywood has a chef. Multiple jobs and a chef. It's two Hollywood strikes. Um, but no, so so what ends up happening is, like the there's a four letter word that stops people from achieving their body image goals. That word is life. Wow. You got a lot of things that are going on in your life. Your, your kids have a diet. Your spouse has a diet. Everyone has a diet and it's not always on track with what it is that mm-hmm. you're doing. So the book just helps you. Not It doesn't give you a diet plan. It gives you some tips, some things that I was able to do to navigate that for a little word so you can take control of your body. What was the moment that you realized that you had to change your lifestyle? Interesting, I was getting out of the car. I was just getting out of the car and I went, woof. That was tough.
3: Shit.
1: <laughs> and so, so I'm getting out of the car and my heart rate spikes, right, my heart rate goes up, I'm like, wow. So I go, I wonder how much I weigh. I just wonder how much I weigh. I was like, I don't know. So I go to Walmart and uh to Walmart and Zachary. And I grab a scale. I remember I'm taking the scale to the bathroom because I didn't want to weigh myself in public. And the guy goes, you can't take that in the bathroom. You can steal that scale.
2: Where were you going to put it?
1: I was going to, I don't want to weigh, I don't. He he's, just wanted to no, use the scale. No, I'm talking
2: about the security guard. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's like, he's like, like I don't
1: wanna, he's like, I don't want to, I was like, I don't want to use the scale. He's like, no, if you want to weigh yourself, weigh yourself right here. And I was like, all right, cool. So I get, so I'm weighing myself in front of this guy. I get on the scale. And the scale says, I weigh 55 pounds. And I'm like, this scale is obviously broken. He goes, well, sometimes they're not calibrated and stuff like that because you got to calibrate them when you get home. He's like consumer reports for Walmart. Right. <laughs> but, 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 but look, then he comes over and he goes, no, this is a 300-pound scale. <gasps> so that means that the scale only goes up to 300 pounds. So anything that's over zero, you add it to the 300 pounds. Mm. So I was 355. 355. So I go, can't fucking be right. That scale is wrong, I'm not that heavy. I go to GNC. GNC used to have these things in the front of the store where you put a quarter in them, you get on the scale, and it tells you how much you weigh, digital scale. And so I go there, and the guy uh, in the front, I'm like, "Yo, man, is this scale accurate?" He goes, "Yeah, dude. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: it's fucking accurate. I weighed myself this morning, two twelve, right. jacked, with, that's like, the how, protein in the back. That's how everyone <laughs> who works at GNC <laughs> tells. That, 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 that's what I tell you. If you right. want to fucking get jacked too, I can show you the way, bro. Right. I'm telling you. So I get on that scale, and the Walmart scale was wrong. It was ten mm. pounds light. Wow. So it's three sixty five. Jesus. And so and so, uh, at, at that point, I, I remember that is the it almost bothers me now that was the loneliest hardest 10 minute drive back to my crib Mm -hmm. i'm thinking to myself and this is what happens to people it's almost like when you walk into your house and it's a fucking mess and you don't want to clean it up because the job of cleaning it up feels so massive Mm -hmm. and you're thinking how did i let this get this fucking bad Mm -hmm. and thinking that how did I let this go so bad? It's stopping you from making the progress to get your house clean. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm I, so I'm driving home. I'm like, "Fuck, man, this is terrible." Blah 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 blah. And when I got back to the house, I remember I just started. My my dad had a little Bowflex, and I started fucking with the Bowflex. Oh, I remember those. The Bowflex. I just started fucking with it. And then when I came out to LA, joined the gym, started playing basketball. First month, I lost thirty two pounds.
0: Mm. So. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, man. Um, so now let's talk about how I first, okay, so heard of Van Lathan. <clears throat> Kanye West a mm-hmm. friend of mine. Um, Kanye West and myself were working on a record. 2017, January. Mm-hmm. And he had made some pro-Trump tweets before then that he had deleted. Mm-hmm. Candace Owens started trolling me on Twitter at some point. Um, when Candace Owens started trolling me on Twitter, her fans—Candace Owens is a self-hating Negro,
1: conservative firebrand, self-hating, self-hating Negro. Negro. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
1: she started trolling me on Twitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's
0: and mm-hmm. her fans immediately start calling me nigger and monkey and all types of shit. Right. Like this is how I, this is how I heard about Candace Owens. Mm-hmm. It's like who is this fucking person, right? And so while me and Kanye are working on this, Kanye is like, I'm hanging out with Kanye, and he's like playing me this incredible music. He plays me the song that he did uh, for Kris Jenner that was beautiful. You know, I'm like, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> the TMZ right. guy, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, yo, he's playing me this beautiful, gorgeous music. Right. And he's like, we're doing, we're we're working on great songs, and he's playing me new Pusha T, and he's playing me new Tiana Taylor.
1: Pusha T, hard.
0: You know, and I'm like, I'm feeling like, yo, this is gonna be the year, Mm -hmm. 2017. And then this Candace Owens thing happens, and I I, I text Kanye, and I'm like, Kanye's like, I like the way Candace Owens thinks. Mm -hmm. And so I text him, and I send him the screenshots of how Candace Owens is coming at me, and, Mm -hmm. and how she's coming at Don Cheadle, and what her fans are saying. And I'm like, yo, this woman is a problem. Like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And his response to me was, you know, I love Donald Trump, right? And that was disappointing to me as mm-hmm. his friend. Sure. Because I felt like, one, I did not know that because you had deleted the uh, Trump tweets, but okay, fine. Mm-hmm. We'll deal with that later. I'm your friend. Here's somebody who, as your friend, is being, you know, this person is putting me in a situation where I can't condone or tolerate the situation. And you're telling me that not only are you OK with it, but you like it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so I'm having a conversation with Kanye. And then he tweets out, well, you know, the Democrats started the KKK. Hmm. And I'm like, nah. the Democrats were conservatives back then. So I'm sending him information. And he's like, this is what Kanye said to me. He said, send it to me in a in a way that I could tweet it out. He said, because all the information you're sending me, I'm reading it, but I want to be able to put it in a way where people could join the conversation.
3: Right.
0: So I formatted this tweet. Kanye sends out the tweet. And there's a conversation. So I'm, I'm, at least I'm like, okay. He's open. To, He's receptive. Right. We're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, he then says slavery is a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. So Kanye's like, slavery is a choice. That part, I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with Dave Chappelle at the time in, in LA. Yeah.
2: All these name droppings.
0: I am, I'm, I'm Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> <apparently>. oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> and me and Dave were like, okay, we should go holla at Kanye. And I'm like, so I'm confused about what I need to say to him. And I turn on, I open my phone and Dave Chappelle sent me the video of Van Lathan Standing up to Kanye mm-hmm. at the TMZ office. Mm-hmm. This is how I got introduced to Van Lathan. Mm-hmm. Um, what you did in that moment for me was so important, brother. Mm. So important. I had never heard of you. I'm not someone who watches TMZ. Right. I I watched the movie Pop Star. And I saw Eric Andre making fun of, of your man with the dreadlocks. Hey, and I thought that was dope. <laughs> right, right, right. I said he looked like the nigga from TMZ. I love Eric I didn't know there was more than one nigga on TMZ. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't watch TMZ. What up? You know what I'm saying? And I saw Van Lathan and I said, and the first time that you and me had a conversation, I said this to you. Mm-hmm. I said, what you said, I said, how did you know what Kanye West was going to say? Because the response that you said to him, it felt scripted. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. saying that as a compliment.
1: Joe said that. Shout out to Joe Button. Joe was like, There's no way you came up with There's that no shit. There's
0: no way you right came there. up with that shit on the spot, my right. nigga. It's felt scripted. What mm-hmm. you said to him was exactly how I felt. Mm-hmm. And what I would have said had I had the chance to sit down for a month and write a think piece.
3: Hmm.
0: I said, what this what this man is saying, this man I've never heard of, I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is very important for the culture. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking in that moment?
1: So a couple things happened. So we so we do the TMZ show. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 one where Harvey holds the cup like the main TNZ show mm-hmm. we we're doing it, and after the show they go yo, you know Kanye West is coming through, mm-hmm. because I have been <clears throat> disenchanted with Kanye for a while. It was very hard for me right because and we're all
0: fans of who Kanye is and what not, he does. Not, not just a fan, I right. felt
1: like Kanye West. Um, how can I put this? So I listened to a bunch of hip hop. Listen to hip hop my entire life, right? All different types of hip hop. You. Uh, Native tongue family, like uh, I was listening to everything—the the hardest of the hardcore mm-hmm. shit uh, to the the poppiest of the pop shit. The artist that I looked at as most reflecting me was Kanye. Right, because I feel the same way. Kanye comes along at a time where I'm just getting out of school, mm-hmm. and he's talking about all of these fears, and they're not the typical rap fears. Mm-hmm. They're not the typical rap fears of the cops of uh, you know haters in your hood or their life fears that I'm feeling They're Like Kanye saying my mom your mom saying you don't want to be broke at 31 My mother was saying that "Van, What you gonna do mm-hmm. like like what like what's gonna be your mm-hmm. thing son? What are you doing? You're playing Madden against the computer all morning.
3: Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, like
1: like, what like what are you gonna do and, he, and he's gonna ta- he be a stand-up he does callbacks, right? Right, and he's talking about I worked at Best Buy at the time. He's talking about working at the Gap Mm-hmm. and i'm like yo this cat mm-hmm. is the cat that like and and uh, i he... couldn't get a job at the gap when i was a kid cuz i had dreads were they
0: they, they wouldn't they would and, and the then gap, like that. chris riggins said he said he tried to get a job at the gap and then the white girl had dreads,
1: and she got the job. She got the job. <laughs> Those so, are not dreads. They like whatever they are, the struggle right. dreads. And so they got, and so Those they got, ringlets. they got all the, <laughs> they got, a, and then on top of that, he's got all of y'all on the album, right? So he's got right. you. He was most, representing he, the culture. Yeah, he's got all of y'all on the album. Mm-hmm. So, really, what happened there is um, a, a musical love affair was started, mm-hmm. and then when you fast forward to a couple of years after that, before late registration comes out. Kanye West says, uh, and this is deeply emotional for me and I'm going to hold it together, but Kanye West says George Bush doesn't care about black people. Mm -hmm. He said black people, but he could have said George Bush doesn't care about those people Mm -hmm. because everybody in South Louisiana Louisiana. felt that. That's right. Everybody from everybody that was down there, it was mad. It was mad white people that had Confederate flag shit on their car that felt abandoned by their government at that time and learned what socioeconomics were mm-hmm. and they were feeling that and they they were they felt like they had a champion at that point mm-hmm. so all of this mm-hmm. time built up i i was i wasn't i wasn't a fan of Kanye West i was almost like a disciple right and so and so like it, it, what what ends up happening is for the times of TMZ that he does wild crazy shit or he's getting into with people 8 years i'm defending him that's right. And whatever happens, whatever no, no, matter. no matter what he does, whatever, whatever he does, he's us. He's a, like, like, I know that Kanye West has a gigantic megaphone mm-hmm. and a huge cultural weapon and he uses it for us. He's always using it for his mm-hmm. music and I'm continuously feeding the weapon, continuously feeding the weapon. And one day the weapon's pointed directly at me. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it was also embarrassing because what people don't understand is they like when we fight. They like when we're disappointed. They like when we have to eat crow. Mm-hmm. So when I'm saying when I'm standing there going, yo, this guy's the biggest, biggest deal, and is with Donald Trump. They're like, uh, oh, we told you. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm dealing with that too. So I'm deeply disappointed. So when I when I hear Kanye is coming to the office, it's not like I want to get something out of off of my chest. I'm sad. That this is not a bigger deal for me, mm-hmm. because I'm finally gonna get a chance to meet this guy. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm sad. I'm like, fuck, man. And he ruined it for you. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting down and I'm watching the interview. I'm watching the interview that uh, that, that my my man Charlemagne, did with Kanye. I'm watching it, and Kanye walks in, says hello to everybody, all of this stuff. Cameras going on, come on. He's in his zone. He's doing a stream of consciousness rant. If you notice, if you watch the clip, Kanye's doing this whole thing. I don't say a word. He says that slavery was a choice thing. I don't. I don't, actually don't say anything. He asked if you think that I'm speaking for you.
0: Yeah, I, I've watched the clip several times.
1: He asked, yeah. and so when he asked, I'm like, "Fuck this." Mm-hmm. Nah, my brother, it don't feel like that at all. And it, 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 that's that, that's not how it feels. It does. It, it feels like you're not thinking. It feels like somebody's thinking for you. It feels like you've been co opted. All of those things. The reason why they felt scripted is because they're coming directly out of my soul. Mm-hmm. They're coming strictly from my heart. Mm-hmm. Yo, I gotta be honest with you. I love you, my brother. You're a genius. You're hurting me. Mm-hmm.
3: You're putting you're a target on our us. backs. Yeah, we're still.
1: I get that. I I get it. I get it, fam. You're in Calabasas. The shit don't ex- the, the shit don't extend out there. You're learning a whole bunch of new information. Mm-hmm. You're learning a whole bunch of new things. You feel like it, 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 you and Candace, Candace has some new things to teach you. That's fine, too. Don't shit on us, though. Mm-hmm. We still out here. Mm-hmm. Like, we still going through this. Remember us? Like, right. it, it, so, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's me, bro. Right. And so th- that's where it was. And the reason why I felt like that is because it was genuine. And when I started talking, there was one moment where I'm like, I was like, oh, shit, this motherfucker's listening to me. Yeah. And then after that. And he, and he, and he, and he apologized to you. Well, he said, "Well, yeah, he doesn't want to hurt you." I mean, listen, I don't think that the like that night. I, uh, uh, I don't know if you were at his crib that night, mm-hmm. but that night he hit me up that very night, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yo, come to the crib, let's talk this out." I didn't think that it was appropriate to go then. Right. Um. But but uh, but I don't think that there's anything sinister. Absolutely right. Um. That- but it's interesting
0: because it's like um. He, he apologized to you right he like when he was like I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to hurt you right his didn't mean to hurt you. came over I didn't mean me. to hurt you right yeah, and that yeah. was a very important moment mm-hmm. for the culture um, What I got out of that moment and that that person that made me feel like I was your brother mm. that personalized it for me mm. Because I'm someone who Kanye West on college dropout on last call Thanks me for
1: bringing him on tour. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um. When I took Kanye West on tour, and that's important for for real hip hop fans because we knew he may, had made beats, but we didn't know that he had those levels of social consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right. So when so he when he's out there with you and we when he's with mo, when he's with most mm-hmm. those cosigns matter to us. That's
0: right. And the tour that I took him on was Common's tour.
1: Mm-hmm. It was
0: Electric Circus tour.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I was opening for Common. Right. And I brought Kanye West on the tour. And a large a large part of my fan base. Um, didn't respect Kanye didn't want to hear his voice because he was flossing. He was rolling with me But he had on a Louis Vuitton backpack and a Rockefeller chain and at that point the culture was trying to separate Raucous is over here. Rockefellers over here. You got you got Jay-z and DMX and locks over here You got most death the company flow over here people were trying to separate it Kanye West was very important in bringing those two worlds together, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm spe- a gap
1: like banana Republican. navy.
0: that's right And speaking to Kanye um, you know, after the Trump situation, he said something to me once. He said, uh he said, I remember I used to go on go on your stage, Quali, and the people used to boo me and tell me I was wrong and make me feel bad about myself. And they said, That's how the whole world feels to me right now. Like a Talib Kali show. <laughs> you know, that's I digress, that's a sidebar. But um what's important to me? in that moment is that when, when, when I used to tour with Kanye West, he used to do wild shit. Like he would sleep in and not make bus call or like come with show ideas during my set. Yes, that I'd be like yeah, like, yeah, like, no, we're not doing that. It's my show. Like, right. Little did I know that he would eclipse me, mm-hmm. you know? But what he used to always do is apologize. Mm. Not enough people know how to apologize properly.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Know how to be like, you know what? I could have did that better. And mm-hmm. Kanye was always good at that. Right. He was always good at messing up really bad. And then be like, you know <laughs> what? I rethought that. And I'm talking about before his deal with Rockefeller, like when he's just on the road with me in common. And be like, I'm my bad. Mm-hmm. And Kanye, I wasn't doing Kanye a favor. Like when he thanks me for last call, thank you for I didn't do him a favor. I have friends who rap. I didn't put them on my stage. I didn't take them on tour. I didn't give them the opportunities that I gave Kanye West. He earned those opportunities. It wasn't a favor, he made me look good. Mm. I brought him on the road because he upped my game, he made my show better. I was proud to introduce Kanye West. You understand what I'm saying? So it's just interesting to me that in that moment when he apologized to you, or when he was like, I didn't mean to make you feel bad, what I saw watching that 3,000 miles away on the television, I said, there's the the real Kanye West. Mm. That's the real guy. The guy who stopped whatever he was talking about to relate to you on a human level, mm-hmm. that's the real Kanye. Mm-hmm. And if we could get back to that guy, that's gonna be interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, listen, there was never any animus. Mm-hmm. There was only disappointment. And mm-hmm. the disappointment was that you can't, that he didn't see what was happening. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that, look bro, like when you're, and I believe that there, there's room for thought, um, all over the spectrum in black America. Mm-hmm. I don't have any problem with the black conservatives. I think that they're wrong.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I, I, And I think that their ideas are bad. Mm-hmm. But as long as they don't do what you said was being done to you, which mm-hmm. is attack prominent black figures to try to to try to try um, uh, discredit them, mm-hmm. that's what I have a problem with. Right. The only thing I have a problem with, with Candace or with anyone else, is not their thought process. Mm-hmm. They think the way they think and mm-hmm. they have the views that they have, that's fine, let's talk it out. But if you're coming at Angela Rod to literally, if you're coming to all of these people, and 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 you're trying to take a chunk out of their ass, well, that's not the way we should be dealing with each other, period. Right. And so that's the issue I have with that, with with with, with what Ye was going through. Um. It, it, to me, it seemed like more than politics.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It seemed like a, a guy who was trying to make sense of his world. And I chose the wrong people to do that to, mm-hmm. to, to do that with. Yeah. Um, I disagree with him about the John Donald Trump thing, and I always will. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I don't have to agree with him uh, about politics.
2: I was just like, when you called Kanye out. Pretty much, you were doing.
1: I didn't for, call him out. Well, I when you him in.
2: when you mm. when you called him in, Bars. You checked yeah. in you did for a lot of people what happened. What he did for you when he said, you know, Bush doesn't like black people. So, do you now like feel that responsibility? Like, oh, I can't let my culture down. Like, I like, do you carry that burden at all? Or?
1: Nah, I, I think for me, yeah. The, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. The 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 only burden I feel now that things are a little different for me is to not get into a situation where I am being used as an attack dog mm. against other black people. That's right. The the only imperative I feel right now is to never be weaponized in a, in a pissing contest between other people.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What happens is, like, black men do war, black women do war, black people do war, and there's some corporation at the top of it that gets to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Seen that game for a long time, don't wanna be a part of it. If there are things for us to discuss, we get on the proper platforms, we tap in with each other, and we discuss them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If we getting some jokes off on each other, That's one thing, but like even with the Hove and the NFL thing, Mm -hmm. don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, gotta pay that man a proper respect. Don't agree with any of the way that was done, right? Mm -hmm. Gotta pay that man a proper respect and you have to activate the cultural trust and patience that I have in him, that he'll get that right. Gotta be honest with each other, but at the same time, have to show each other reverence that we need to move things along. So for me, when I saw that, and and I realized that Ye might've not been completely well just be honest with you, psychologically when he was in there, um, and that sort of my moment came because two black men were fighting. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in a boxing ring with a brother. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in a boxing ring with a sister. I don't want to be at odds with somebody like that. Mm. If we have to have intense dialogue and intense conversation, that's one thing. But I don't want to be sold all over the place as the people send me shit all the time. Van, get at this person. Van, get at this person. Ain't none of that what like I, I feel like the true strength of the culture is what we, what we do for each other is the way that we're able to use our different skill sets to mend and help heal one another mm-hmm. and be stronger together. I know that seems like a bunch of kumbaya bullshit, but the reality is that black people created a culture on the fly that healed them from some of the deepest wounds that anyone can be inflicted with. And we can use that same culture to now propel us to the next step. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like uh, we have the power to do. It's not about Absolutely. calling motherfuckers out. So in the spirit of what you just said, you and I, I was a
0: fan of yours when I saw you uh, talk to Kanye on TMZ, but you and I met because of a young man named Maj Teray, mm-hmm. who has an organization or something that he started called Black Guns Matter. Yeah. And you and I have had several conversations about this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel differently now than I did the last time we spoke. Oh, interesting. Because since the last time we spoke, he has apologized to me publicly on Karen Hunter's show. Mhm. Um, he's running for office in Philadelphia or something like that. Sure. I feel like his apology came because he's running for office. Okay. But whatever, I'll take it. Right. Right? <laughs> and um, so this is a guy who had this organization Black Guns Matter and he came at me on Twitter. and A lot of people a lot of people get upset at my engagement on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They feel like I talk to people too much and I tweet too much and it triggers a lot of people because I feel like, with, you know, you work for TMZ, you understand, people feel like they have control over famous voices. Sure. I feel like people see my platform and feel like if I had that pl- platform, I would use it differently. Yeah. So they come to me and they be like, Quali, you should do X, Y, Z, and then... And people like to focus on what they wouldn't do, but they never focus on what they couldn't do. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. So. I respond negatively to that type of thing. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> so people come at me all the time, right? You get at them, and I'll be like, "Nigga, fuck you! I don't know. I don't know you. Who the fuck is you? What are you, what are you even talking about?" Right. And people respond back like, "Whoa!" because they didn't expect that. Sure. You know. And he was one of those guys, like, mm-hmm. he was sent at me from- It got bad. Yeah, he was, you know, there's white supremacists who come at me, and they see people coming <clears throat> at me, and they, they sort of sort of sick black people on me. Mm-hmm. So he fell into that category of, of I'm not going to platform any of the, the other black people, but he was one of those people that white supremacists often be like, when they feel like I'm getting at them too hard, they go and tag one of these black guys. Sure. And he was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And he took the bait. Mm-hmm. And um he came at me in a way I felt was disrespectful.
1: Right. And so mm-hmm.
0: I was disrespectful back. Yeah. Because I meet disrespect with disrespect. <clears throat> yeah, of course. And um there was some threats and some personal stuff. Yeah, it went bad. Yeah. yeah. And um you as a, you are a gun advocate. I uh, yeah, I've been shooting for a long time. Right. So especially being a guy from the South. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't I think if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got because you called me first. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. You reached out to me first. I reached yeah. out to you. No, I reached out to you. You reached out to me. Van reached out to me. He's like, "Yo, I see you going back and forth with this dude. Yeah. How can I be of service? Like, what's the issue? Like, you, you, you tried to play community, like, not peacemaker, but like, like, like I appreciated the way that you evolved. Yourself. Yeah, I respect you guys are different sides of my mind. Right, right. And so, you know, you could vouch for this. My energy to you was like, fuck that guy. Yeah, sure. You know, give fuck who he who he is and- And your energy was a lot more nuanced Mm -hmm. because you felt like he what he was bringing to the conversation was important Mm -hmm. as far as uh, gun education. Right. My position to you was, well, if you feel like that, you be the dude. Forget that guy because he's problematic and violent or whatever. You be that guy. And you felt like he had you he had earned a place of respect with work with the work that yeah. you felt like he did. So, I right. disagreed with that. Right. I still disagree with that. Okay. But I mean, I'm not a gun advocate, right? right? So I'm not in that world. I spoke to you, I spoke to Killer Mike.
1: Shout out to Killer Mike. Right, people I respect, Yeah.
0: right? Because Killer Mike and Karen Hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, Karen Hunter um, was the first person who reached out to me when, when Master Ray was coming at me. Karen Hunter, she's a gun advocate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she's into self-defense for our community and right. education. We need to know about this thing. And so she also, like you, Felt like he was doing important work. Right. So she reached out to me, and I was like, you know, my whole energy was like, nah, like I don't owe him nothing. Right. Like I'm still me. Mm-hmm. You know, people can feel how they want to feel, but I'm not going to pretend I'm not me. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I've earned a, 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 an amount of cultural currency and respect. Like even if you disagree with me, I'm still me. Right. And I feel like he didn't respect that. Mm-hmm. You respected that. Right. Karen Hunter respected that. Killer Mike respects that. Like there's things that me and Karen Hunter don't agree with. Right. about. Mm-hmm. There's things that me, definitely me and Killer Mike don't agree about, Sure, you know, but that's my man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like I have so much respect for that brother. Mm-hmm. And so saying that, I want to thank you for the position that you took because you, you know, I, you know, you and me don't know each other. Yeah. And I'm very fiery and passionate about mm-hmm. my views. Right. You didn't back down for me at all. Mm-hmm. You didn't disrespect me.
3: Right.
0: You stood up for what you believed in. And this times that I came at you about that dude, and I'm like I feel X, Y, and Z, and you was like I feel different. Yeah. But there's people I'm gonna tell you the difference There's people who I might have come at like that, and they tell me they they sort of like give me his position, and I write them off mm. because I, okay I can't I can't trust you. Right. You gave me his position, but I still had an amount of trust
1: for you. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, because number one, I'm on the phone with you,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm. Me and you are disagreeing, mm-hmm. and then I'm on the phone with him, mm-hmm. and me and him are disagreeing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've, I, like, <clears throat> the, the this is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. So, y- you have a guy like Maj, right? Mm-hmm. Maj is, he's a two-way advocate. We disagree on that. If you mm-hmm. listen to the right, podcast. He's an NRA guy. Well, he's not an NRA guy. Well, but he, he was. Like, well, no. He absolutely was. Colin Colleen Noir was an NRA guy. No. They retweeted him. They, they, I know, but he can never really... One of his problems was he can never really get any money with the NRA. Like, they never really So he's trying, he's trying to be the NRA guy. They didn't
2: well, no, want him. No, no, no what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is Go he's ahead. a little
1: Go too ahead. rough around the edges for what the right. NRA was doing. So you would have Mahjong... And, and both you and me are anti-NRA. Anti-NRA. Right. Um, you you, you, you you'd have Mahjong, and you, you know, I, I have him on, and we're talking about differences in things. I have issues with law enforcement. I have issues with use of force. Right. And law enforcement. Yeah, we abuse. fuck the police around here. Right. So yeah. I have issues with um, with certain weapons, mm-hmm. and the legality of those weapons and the necessity of those weapons. However, <clears throat> on my seventh birthday, mm-hmm. I was gifted a shotgun.
3: Mm-hmm. And I've
1: been working at shotgun since then, mm-hmm. and I've been I've been shooting and, and hunting and stuff like that since then. So my father's a big a, a, a gun guy. So it's part of who I who mm-hmm. I am, and I believe that. Um, African Americans need to understand their gun rights, right,
0: and rights in general, laws rights in general, law, laws in general, but especially laws it's, around weapons. Right. Right. And
1: so, when I would talk to when I would talk to Maj, me, me and me and conversations, he would tell me about how he goes into communities,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and he uh, he he educates young brothers mm-hmm. on the gun laws where they are. Mm-hmm. So now they know that their weapon that you call that that you have on you that you think is a whatever, that's a nickel. That's five right, years right, right, in prison. Right. And so that work has to get done. Right Now, with a brother like him, he comes from, from his hood in Philly
3: mm-hmm.
1: and he's combative.
3: Mm-hmm. He
1: is hes easily triggered. Mm-hmm. He's, he gets his dander up very easily. Mm-hmm. But if you have a conversation with him and you get him into a rational place,
3: mm-hmm.
1: he loves his community.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He loves where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Because he's in the two-way community, he has some relationships that I despise. Right. Because he's in the 2A community, the support, and I would say that if we could learn in some kind of way to uh, sort of differentiate Mm -hmm. what being in the 2A community, because I'm not a part of the Mm 2A community, Mm -hmm. what that means from thinking that law-abiding, lawful gun ownership has a place in the African-American community, Mm -hmm. if you could separate gun nuts mm-hmm. who want bump stocks and all of these illegal uh excuse me these weapons of mass destructions these mm-hmm. domestic domestic weapons of mass destruction we can separate that from an actual conversation about where gun what place guns have in our society we can make some inroads right right um but since we can't the only people that really offer guys like that a platform are the crazies to be honest with you right are the Tommy Larens, right, all right. like, and and so the and so you see these guys with them and you think god these guys are all fucked up and it's something that I would never do but I, but I say that to say this I say that to say I see you someone with the who's always had a unique and useful uh per- perspective on the black experience mm-hmm. and you've put that in art you've put that um obviously in song and you've put that in action in your life mm-hmm. and I see him who has his perspective
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I see uh like A schism Mm -hmm. happening and I go you know what maybe if I do a little work with both guys Mm -hmm. they can kind of at least understand each other not agree that's your job forget about agreeing but maybe they could understand each other
0: yeah yeah I think as you know it's about to me it's about intention and code and and I'll be clear when it comes to oppression intention is never the the, the, the focus, right? The yeah. results is the focus, right? Sure. So it doesn't matter what your attention is. Your results are your results, regardless of what your attention is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like his attention and his results were off. This is me. This is my opinion, right? Sure. I feel like what you're talking about is necessary. The educate, like what you just described him as, is needed. I'm not a gun. I'm very privileged. Yeah. I, I grew up in New York City, raised by educators. I am, you know, my both my grandfathers fought in the Korean War. Mm-hmm. But I didn't grow up in a house with guns, right? You grew up in a house with guns several guns Yeah, killer Mike grew up in a house with guns. That was a cop, right? These are people that I respect and, and just on a down south thing. Yeah, the, the whole gun culture yeah. is just different Right, oh, right. Yeah. and it's just an American thing like, you right. know, it's way to gun. That's what America is mm-hmm. That's what a couple of things with master Ray He tried to frame it like I was anti gun mm-hmm. or that I was anti I am anti I am anti gun mm-hmm. for me sure He tried to frame it like I was anti-gun for him, Mm -hmm. or for you, or for her, or for anybody else, and I didn't like that because I felt like that was very disingenuous and very dishonest. And to
1: be honest with you, Mm -hmm. the 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 whole disagreement went to a place um, that ended up not it it, it turned not constructive at a point. At a point, Mm -hmm. I like you know he'll tell you this. I was I was um I was talking to him. I'm like yo, you gotta show this man some respect. Mm -hmm. Like like you guys like you gotta find a way. And it just it got it got wild. It was like you guys, got, you gotta find a way to respect this guy. I mean, me and him have had right. arguments. Like I remember, he uh, like uh, he was with Donald Trump Jr. Well, I was about to get
0: into that. Right. Not just Donald Trump Jr. But to keep it a, keep it a buck. He accepted donations for people named Adolf Hitler in the donations of '88, which mm-hmm. is Nazi code for Hell Hitler. Right. Eight, uh, eight, H is the eighth letter of alphabet. Right. And I don't think he's wise enough. just my opinion to understand why that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's wise enough to understand why you can't accept donations from people who say they're Nazis. Mm -hmm. And then post it on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I knew this. Because he proudly posted, you cannot take pictures with Donald Trump. He also likes to troll
1: people. And Sheriff Clark and Tommy Lauren. Well, this is what I told him him about Mm -hmm. that. So he posted a picture with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Mm -hmm. I comment on it, the comments Mm -hmm. negative. He hits me up like, Van, you only getting at me when I do When that shit that you don't agree with. When I do all this other stuff, I don't see you commenting. But see,
0: I don't believe that, and you you spoke in it, I don't believe that he's actually doing that. This is my personal opinion. he's actually doing what? I feel like the work that you just spoke on Mm -hmm. is important, but I don't think that the re, I don't think his intention is to inform the community. It is. I think, well, again, I'm speaking opinion here, and I'm very clear on when I'm speaking opinion when I'm speaking fact. Mm I look at the evidence that I've established based on how he came at me and this and that, I feel like this guy is more about his own pocket. I feel like every time he goes out there and does that work, he's selling t-shirts. This is a guy that used to sell t-shirts and CDs on the, on the subway in Philly, and I don't knock that hustle. I respect that hustle, mm-hmm. but I recognize that hustle. Mm-hmm. I recognize when I'm being hustled. Right. And I feel like this is a person that understands that people think that guns are sexy. Mm-hmm. And people are, are, ne- are like, I'll be honest with you, because we sitting here in front of us, like, mm-hmm. as much as I respect you, there were things, and I've, I've, you, we, you and me have talked sure. about this, I was disappointed in some of the things that you said to me. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed in some of the things that Killer Mike said to me. Yeah. I was disappointed in the fact that Karen Hunter, like, I found out that he apologized to me because he went on Karen Hunter's show after I made myself clear to Karen Hunter, right? And somebody commented on it and hit me on Twitter. I hit Karen Hunter in the DMs. I said, you had this nigga on your show? Mm -hmm. And she said, "Quali, calm down. He apologized to you on the show. Mm -hmm. And then I went and listened to it. I'm like, okay. So she's still doing her due diligence. But I did get frustrated because I felt like y'all not recognizing that
1: for him it's a grift. It's a come up. So
0: Again, I state that to say that that's my opinion. No,
1: no, no. That's fine. So so it it could be. Mm -hmm. But it's not my job to decipher whether it is or not. So this is the way I look at it. If one black man or woman mm-hmm. uh, or child understands their gun laws mm-hmm. and is less likely to be to do an unnecessary bid in the police because mm-hmm. this guy exists, that's worth it to me. Right. If two do, right. if three do, if four do, to me, even if they're only doing it to fatten their own pockets. Well, I mean, like, the question would then be what? Like, like you're, you're, I'm, I'm assuming that you're like a Jay Z fan, right? Yes, he's going to make untold money. Yes, from the deal with the NFL.
0: Yes, So the which question, we were
1: about to get into before I got into this. Right. So then the question becomes, what like what do you put the onus on? Like uh-huh. like so so for okay, two, so two. For Maj, he's not getting rich, and I'm not and I'm not here to defend him because I think all of those relationships mm-hmm. are despicable. But I think though that particularly in our culture, mm-hmm. like. We demand a level Mm -hmm. of cleanliness from ourselves Mm -hmm. that we don't demand of other people. Mm -hmm. How Mm -hmm. can I be upset, logically, Mm -hmm. about Maj's relationship with some of these people Mm -hmm. when I accept money Mm -hmm. from a guy who supported Donald Trump? Right, So, so Mm -hmm. so for me, what I have to do is look at the situation that he's in and ask myself, is he doing work on behalf and for the black community Mm -hmm. and when i talk to him i have to let him know there are things that you are doing that to me are is undercutting your impact Mm -hmm. like even with me and him i like i talk to him i can't be as engaged with that as i want because i can't be i really can't be Part of something and give all of my my energy to something that then Tommy Laren and Sheriff Clark are part
0: of. I'm just not going to do
1: that. So 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 three things. One, your
0: cosign for him Mm -hmm. means a lot to me. Right. So it makes me because the respect I have for you, Mm -hmm. it makes me think about it in a a different way. Mm -hmm. Just I'm letting you know that. Sure. Two. I think comparing his situation to the Jay Z thing is a false equivalency. Okay. Because Jay Z has earned a certain amount of capital in my life from what he's done for me as an artist, what he's done for the community, and just on some beyond hip hop shit, like with the, you know, Khalif Browder and certain things that Jay Z has done. That's all commerce.
1: I, it is all commerce I mean'm I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that those mm-hmm. things don't matter mm-hmm. but like but i'm not saying he's getting paid off all those things right i'm not saying that those things don't matter they all do matter mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not trying to compare right. Maj to hove at all right but what I'm but, saying I, is, but I will what I will say I'm is, saying is that all, if, Maj, if
0: Maj had a reasonable doubt I would look at him different.
1: So all he gotta do is spit crazy and he oh. can do whatever he <laughs> wants. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, like, what? what nigga, if if you did not make what thriller. If, what if he rapped about Tommy Lehren? Would that be listen? Dope? If, if like, Mase Teray
0: has the, had the, the capital mm-hmm. of Jay Z, right. which he does not have, let's be fucking clear. Of course not, Mase. Be fucking clear, <laughs> right? If Mase Teray had the cultural capital of my life, mm-hmm. it's like imagine if Chuck D came at me foul. Right. Mm-hmm. If Chuck D came at me foul, that would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's if he did, right. I might just have to take that. Okay. So I don't have to take it from Maj. And the third, there's three things. The third so, point is, the third point is, there's a bias there. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a bias on my behalf. You came at me personally. You came at my family personally. Yeah. Right. I feel like man to man to you that you would feel different if he came at you personally.
1: Well, well, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. So it did happen. Mm-hmm. So me and him are on the phone mm-hmm. and we're yelling at each other. So privately, so, privately. I'm talking about if he came at you. Personally. I mean, I want to, I, no, no. I want to hear the story, but. No, no. So me and him are on the phone and we're yelling. Here's the thing with me. Mm-hmm. If I'm being all the way mm-hmm. <laughs> to be real, it can go as far as you want it to go mm-hmm. with me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It really can. Mm-hmm. Like there's a certain level of disrespect that I am not going to abide by. As a man, right? Right. So, so it like I'm I'm never I'm never gonna shy away from that. I don't ever get I'm not, I'm never in a situation where I feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. with what could happen, mm-hmm. and I <laughs> I'm I'm just not. And so I think that with with me and him, we're talking at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I'm letting you know that if you speak to me in a certain tone, it's gonna like it's gonna be whatever right and I think he under, that's how he is and so after a while we dial it down a notch I think the thing that bothered me about what was happening mm-hmm. is if you and Maj disagree and whatever mm-hmm. I feel like personally it doesn't always have to go there with us like people right now that are drawing battle lines in this situation with, with, with Hove and Cap mm-hmm. I have clear uh, I have a clear allegiance to Cap and Nessa mm-hmm. I do right right it's clear Right. That I have an allegiance to Claptoness. It's clear that I think the way this went down was filed. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to cut this man's head off. Mm-hmm. Right. This man is doing things the way he, I think we, once again. I think that's a good position. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think we, once again, um, as black people, we we sometimes divorce each other of our humanity mm-hmm. um, by holding each other to standards that really don't exist. Mm-hmm. Now, we would always want everything to be completely the way we would do it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as someone moves like in a way we wouldn't do it, we say this person must be completely 100% wrong. Right. You can be 10% wrong. You can be twenty percent wrong. You can be thirty percent wrong. You can be all the way wrong on one thing, mm-hmm. and then all the way right on another. Mm-hmm. I think it's part you're, of what mm-hmm. well, one, one last thing I say. i didn't mean to cut your wisdom. That's all Go good, dog. Part of part of what we need to have each o- with each other is a cultural patience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is a patience and a belief in one another that we can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Now, with God like Mosh, he tested that cultural patience, mm-hmm. and for you. He went. He came so foul at you that you were completely in, within your rights to deal with it the way that you did. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to do between the two of you guys, mm-hmm. um, I really don't disagree with you on anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a difference of opinion on the gun right, thing, right. but I don't really disagree with you. I disagree with him on tons of shit, mm-hmm. but for the the, the 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 sector and the category that he use he's useful in, he's very useful. Uh, yeah, I still disagree with that. Um,
0: <laughs> absolutely, I disagree with that. But I will. This is what I will concede what? to. Yeah. This is what I will concede to. Okay, what up? I come from movement activist work before the internet. That's very right? important. It's before the internet, mm-hmm. and so I guarantee that there's people that I've associated with consider my friends and family that I disagree with on several issues. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that I have close friends of mine that probably agree with more with Madge Teray on certain key issues than they agree with me also. Sure, They might look at him like he the real deal and I'm some kumbaya type nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I understand that. Right. But the difference between the social media thing and, and back then is that it was like we followed a code that Malcolm set up, because I'm a student of Malcolm, we don't air our dirty laundry in, in public, like even if we have disagreements. But he did. What What do you mean? He did
1: we're talking about how he came at other civil rights leaders. No, well, well, not 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 just mm-hmm. that but when Malcolm is mm-hmm. I have two sides of my soul mm-hmm. one is Malcolm one is James ball mm-hmm. But when Malcolm had his his schism with the nation. Mm-hmm. He went everywhere. He talked about
0: Uh, well, let's let's keep it real. He went he did he, feel like his life was in danger
1: what, but, So that might have been a strategy and attack. I know right. he but he went everywhere and he talked about mm-hmm. it and so what I would say is, like, as much as Malcolm X means to me, mm-hmm. and he means everything to mm-hmm. me, he was an example of manhood, mm-hmm. and an example... Yeah, I, he's my personal hero. Right. Right. So, even in there, there are lessons. Mm-hmm. Even in he, that, And he was my hero because he wasn't perfect. Right, wasn't perfect at right. all. Even in that, there are lessons. Mm-hmm. There are lessons in... How we deal with one another when there are disagreements. Now, mm-hmm. those disagreements mm-hmm. were even more severe than you and Maj's oh, disagreements. Oh, absolutely! Not even, not even, not even a comparison. Not even the comparison. Right? Niggas but, was dying but, and shooting at each other. People dying, right. trying to firebomb each other's mm-hmm. cars mm-hmm. and all of that stuff like that. And it's a completely different thing. But what, what, what I am saying is, we, we, it, it, like, as a culture, we're really mm-hmm. good at agreeing with each other. Mm-hmm we need to learn how to disagree with that that. a little bit. I agree with that. It's
2: a happy medium that needs to be found because I'm, I'm all for, and I say that I don't publicly talk, I try not to publicly talk bad about black people, black experiences and things of that nature. But um, I'm in this group, and we did get into a little discrepancy because it's like, okay, it's one thing to not publicly talk about your black people, but it's also like we can't just keep saying, okay, this is okay, okay, this is okay, because at some point, if we don't start calling people out, things are not going to change, and everything we do is not right either. Right. But also, what you said earlier with the um, this is an extremist. Culture, because it's like someone has to be either all the way right or all the way wrong and people don't think about it's like, okay, what parts can I take from this instead of just writing somebody off altogether? Well, that's,
0: that brings me back to what I was saying about this, what, when I was talking about the difference between how I was raised and how the social media happens, right, mm-hmm. because I feel like if me and Master Ray had the same conversation privately, mm-hmm. we had the same conversation on cold, like, and again, I feel like he came at me. Sure. But again, I also responded. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to respond. I could have ignored him, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like the onus is on me. But that's another story. Right. Like I, you know, I feel like the social media aspect of it, where you're coming at people publicly, and then you need to, to defend yourself publicly. I feel like the thing that with me and Master Ray is like we probably, if if what you're saying is true, if I'm to agree with you, mm-hmm. if I'm to believe that this man is not a grifter not a hustler, and really does care about black people. Mm -hmm. He might have had some issues with me, he might have came at me foul, but at the end of the day, he still cares about the, because that's really what's important, right? Mm -hmm. Does he, is he, does he care about the people or not? I have friends who I know care about the people, but are not on cold certain things that I, you know? That's the issue. If I'm to agree with that, could this have been a different conversation? Where does the social media aspect of where you're being egged on by other people? And I'll concede to that. Like he's egged on by people, I'm egged on by people. Mm-hmm. I I'm by, I happen to feel like the people I'm egged on are correct. Mm-hmm. So does he. I well, can the pre- social
1: media mm-hmm. provides the ego. Right.
2: It's a cafeteria syndrome, yeah.
1: like, So the, the, yeah, yeah, Oh, I'm sorry, sister, go ahead.
2: When you're in high school, somebody does something to you in the cafeteria, you
1: have to do something back.
2: Exactly that ooh comes, right. and, and you can't go and, to class. And, and also,
1: you're you're a rapper, you're competitive. Oh yeah, like like you like you've you've been a celebrity for a very long time. You you know how people perceive these things. And to be honest with you, if you if, if somebody comes at you and you don't if you don't feel like you have to take the high road, then you don't. And sometimes, if someone comes at you in a certain kind of way, you just don't want to take it. My, yeah. my, my, my thing in that was not telling you that you should take the high road or not telling him. Like I told him a bunch of times that he, should, that he should back off. My thing was that this is just not constructive. This right. is a waste of time. Yeah. And, and, and if you guys disagree, it would be more constructive and better for people. For us to all have a forum and for everyone to show why they disagree.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I, I'm, I'm with that, and, and and I, and I appreciate. This is why I have him here because I appreciate that. Like, I'm going, to, like I'm going, to trust you.
1: Mm-hmm. And you Mike, Mike is there too. I'm gonna trust Mike. Mike you know, yeah. I'm gonna trust Mike too. Right. Like, y'all,
0: you know, I'm gonna trust y'all. Um, but I'm also not gonna pretend that I'm not me. Like, I'm like my, my brother. We need you.
3: Yeah. Like, listen. And
0: I'll say this right now. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I got to name my next album, Quali Was Right. (laughs) (laughs) This motherfucker here, (laughs) man. Like this, like... like, Man, no. Because you and me, we were talking on the phone, and I'd be like, yo, man, didn't I tell you? Yeah. Like, you know. This motherfucker here. (laughs) Quali
1: Was Right. But that's that's real, though, bro. No,
0: but uh, speaking of Quali Was Right, you named your podcast Red Pill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, reference to Morpheus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the red pill is the pill you want to take. Yeah. Because you want to see beyond the veneer and you want to see under the surface. Some people want to take. Well, you and me do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me about the red pill So podcast.
1: So, the red pill podcast, it, it doesn't have to do with all these other connotations of red pill. It has to do with this. Um, the beauty and the brutal honesty of truth. Cause like, somebody comes into an interview.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I'll, make it, I'll give you an example, like, uh, I've said this before. Like, um, Tory Lanez comes into an interview. Tory Lanez a great guy. Cool mm-hmm. guy to talk to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he, he can rap too. Yeah, he, he's a very talented man. Mm-hmm. Um, when he, he comes- He tells
0: people all the time how good of a rapper he is. Man, and I'm a go good rapper niggas. too. He can go. Hey, hey, don't be careful. Tory Lanez you, might come to battle like, you. Like,
1: he will like, if you say <laughs> <I'm> you <laughs> rap better than Tory Lanez, nah, niggas, you'll ready bars, to go. baby. And Tory Lanez will have, Fucking 32 balls for you. <laughs> Anybody can get it. So um, he comes into the interview mm-hmm. and when he gets off of the Sprinter van, he's got a bunch of guys with him, he's got a bunch of jewelry. When someone comes down to sit with you, just a, a normal person or a big celebrity, they bring a lot of shit with them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They bring their entire life experience. Mm-hmm. They bring all of their trauma, all of their grief, every other bad interview they've ever had, every mm-hmm. other good interview they have. They sit down and they bring it with you. The purpose of the red pill is for me to give them enough. The red pill is what I'm giving to them so that I can get the real person out of them. Mm. So, that okay. get, so that I can get to a point in the interview where people are like, yo, I fucking love this dude or I relate to this guy. Because if I'm sitting down, that's why I wanna, the, the, the first thing I do, when a, when a, when especially when a hip hop star sits down in front of me, is i comment on their jewelry because they mm-hmm. always have crazy jewelry on i have no jewelry i mean yeah all <laughs> yeah, right 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 they like my is yeah.
0: shout out to Marshana. right hey, so I, I,
1: I always comment on it because like when when i'm letting them know that even if the jewelry are gone we're both just people right yeah. right you know what i'm saying and so it's fun for me to get to have conversations with so many different people and find so many common things mm-hmm. about the human experience. Mm-hmm. Find out what people's hopes are, what their dreams are, mm-hmm. what some of the some of the things that have set them back, some of the things that made them who they are. Um, the fact that so many of these people still have so much that they want to accomplish and they're a little afraid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They trep- they have they still have trepidation. They still mm-hmm. want to. The money bag yo wants to act. Not sure if he can do it. I like money bag yo. I like them too. You know what I'm saying? Like like mm-hmm. like not not sure what's gonna happen. You know, where they came from and all of this stuff. And then also to kind of challenge people on things that, that they've said before when they come in and just hope to get the truth out of them. And, right, right. and that, that's that been something that um, over the course of the last, I guess, like year and a half, we've been doing the podcast. Um, it's helped me get to know myself a little bit more. How essential is
0: Red Pill, considering that you have TMZ? Like TMZ is a huge platform. Mm-hmm. How essential is it to your
1: it's well in TMZ I get to speak in five second verse. Mm-hmm. Okay, Justin Bieber crashes on the skateboard van What do you think that shit was crazy? <laughs> you, know, you, 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 know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, meanwhile on Red Pill I get to have long-form conversations mm-hmm. um, With people who are relevant for all different types of reasons mm-hmm. I get to talk to people about things that they said what they meant. I get to talk to people about uh, 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 sort of uh, controversy surrounding them, and sometimes I just get to get on there and, and bullshit with people. I need so, to do red pill. Of course.
2: He just invited himself, so
1: I <laughs> I've invited him before to come do the podcast. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, well, of, of course. you know how much shit I want to know from you? Hey, man. they like, there's so much. I'd be a great guest. There's red so pill. much <laughs> shit. They're, they're, they're like, you would be. That like, there's stories. People want to hear from me.
2: They do. That's <laughs> why they watch People's Party.
1: There was a, uh, there was a. Uh, I never forget this. And my homies back in Baton Rouge, they're gonna remember this. We had a, like a, a hotel room party, mm-hmm. where like you know like how this goes in the South. Like you just get a room, mm-hmm. you spend. you could have done this at your apartment, but mm-hmm. you didn't want to for some mm-hmm. reason. You just own that Mad Dog right. Twenty Twenty. <laughs> and so we had a hotel room party. And that was when that joint with uh, you and Hot Tech was really popping. The mm-hmm, blast, uh, yeah. Right. And that's the only song we played the whole night. It's a good record.
0: And shout out to Jared Meyer <laughs> in the back who was instrumental in making sure that record was on the album because the Reflection Eternal album was done. And Jared Meyer and Corey Smith who was my manager at the time. They was like, "Y'all don't have a hit record." Right. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> They was like, we need something we can send to the, the albums. Dope, you guys are incredible. This is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Now we need something we can send to the radio. Right, and they were like, we need a record because no one knows how to pronounce your name. Mm, Talib Shaki. Right. Yeah. So why and shout out to eighty eight keys who brought random women to the studio who didn't know how to pronounce my name. Who that's who's at right? the beginning of that record. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're like, Talib Shaki. How do I say it? That was at Electric Lady Studios.
1: So we in the room with a bunch of girls, me and the homies. Mm-hmm. And they wanted us, I can't remember even the name of the song. Maybe it was I Want a Hot Girl or something like that. Hey, they wanted us to put that, that shit on. Shit. And my boy Ian was like, nah, none of that shit tonight, man. Tonight we on this to live, quickly." <laughs> and they was like, huh? By the time we had ran that bitch about 10 times, though, it was keep on dancing. Mm-hmm. You got to keep on dancing. Yeah. And then everybody got pregnant. <laughs> oh, God. A room full Any of. Any
2: plan B pills?
1: Nah, I came up we with We don't that have no plan B. Yeah, well, it, was, it was time. You know. But then you had That's to come an up old, with that $500. Uh, Red Hat Kingpin song. I, don't I know, know that song. Your face screwed up. Red Hat
0: Kingpin, shout out You're to Red Kingpin. Shout out to Red Hat Kingpin. <laughs> my grandmother, Javodi Green, who I named my label out after was in that video. Wow. She was so in a, a Redhead Kingpin video. Thought? She played like an old grandmother in the video. Oh, oh shit. Okay. I, thought okay. I thought she was about you to say, no, she wasn't, she wasn't, say She wasn't supposed to do it. Oh, my, no. my God. She, she played like an old grandmother. It up, grandmother you it I was about to
2: say. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. My
0: grandmother was an actress. She was in the Redhead Kingpin video. Jesus Christ. Oh,
2: man. My grandma was a thought. It's okay.
0: Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, by the way. Um, I'm going to read you something that you said. When I disagree with black people, I'm going to do it discreetly and quietly. When I disagree with white people, it's going to be aggressive and loud because they have to hear it as the class that has been oppressing. Is that still your thought process and stance?
1: Yes. Uh, when you when you disagree with black people, you you normally disagreeing at the margins, right? And when you disagree with white people, you normally disagreeing on great big things, right? Mm. So like, which speaks wh- to the
0: conversation we've been having,
1: right? Like right. like when, when you're disagreeing with black people, you, when you disagreeing with white people, the disagreements that I've had with white people in the last couple of years, it's been about, yo, they didn't have to shoot them. Mm. Those are the disagreements that you're having, um, or the same old things like even the, the, the stupid silly n-word debate, mm-hmm. oh. the, 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 the n-word debate is not so much a debate about um, a specific word or a term, it's a debate about a cultural standard and whether or not you have to respect the cultural standard
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, that debate has to be aggressive, mm-hmm. it has to be, you have to uh, stick your chest out.
2: Mm-hmm. Say it with your
1: chest. Yeah, you got to say it with your chest. When you're say it having... with your chest. Say it with your chest. Exactly. When, when, when you're having that talk, because you have to be intractable.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, uh, especially when, when you're, when you're, uh, when you're, 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 you have to project your voice, when you don't have the numbers, mm-hmm. when you don't have all of these things, and you have to uh, set an example that you will not be pushed around and you will um, be very. Sort of strident in, in what it is that you're trying to get across,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and with, 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 with black people, we just don't need to be yelling at each other, mm-hmm. right? You know, we like like with, with with me and you, like even with the people with, with the people that come at me on Twitter, if they black, they 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 come at me and then I DM them. This is a good trick for for your trolls. You DM them like, yo Van man, that shit was lame, bro. You a clown, man. All mm-hmm. that blah blah blah. DM them and be like, try this one time. DM them and be like. My bad, brother. You know, I'm just doing this every single day, trying to get better, trying to represent the culture correctly, Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that I'm on code with what y'all trying to do, man. I appreciate you holding me accountable, and I hope for in the future that I don't let you down again. Mm -hmm. Watch what that next message is. That message is, damn, bruh. I was just getting at you because you my fucking favorite on TMZ, mm-hmm. man, it really means so much to me that you got back at me, blah, 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 blah. Right, blah. Right. These people want to be heard. See, mm-hmm. the
0: difference between you and me with that is that when black people come at me on Twitter like that, mm-hmm. they are like, Quali, you a sellout, you corny, and if I would DM him, it's really white people pretending to be black people. Oh shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like, didn't even know that was a thing
2: until oh, I, you started calling it out. I
0: got the digital black face. Like, like you, I, uh, I would say awesome. I would say seven out of the 10 black people who come at me wrong on Twitter, mm-hmm. maybe three of them are real. Right. The other seven, are white people, right? But well, what, what, what I'm saying, no, but I, I'm, I know I, I get, your I get that. Your point is, your no, point is accurate. Yeah, I get that. What I'm saying is, and is, I do that. The only reason it's like that for me is because of how I engage. You've been, you've been a target for how I long engage. Time. But, but you're right. you but we have to stay on cold with each other. And, right. the, and the thing is, is about what you said was very important earlier. About we, we, it's easy to agree, but we do not
1: know how to disagree with each other. Right. And there's a reason why we don't know how to disagree with we
2: each other. We haven't been
1: taught. We haven't been taught, and it's a lot more lucrative for us to disagree with Right, for everybody. For everyone. It's It's not
0: just for the white people, it becomes lucrative for us. Mm
1: -hmm. When we start
0: getting individual checks. Oh no,
1: without a a doubt, Mm -hmm. like like the, the, like, there's so few slots for us or so few opportunities for us, it's getting better, for us to be successful, that we still have the feeling that, for one black man, for one black woman to be successful, that has to be an equal uh, a, a equal person that is unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. And so these things start to be like the more successful you are, the the more the more of a place you get to, mm-hmm. people start wondering how you compromised yourself in order to get mm-hmm. there. Right. I'm in the Illuminati. Right. By the way. Right. Well
2: let me join too.
1: Hey, yeah. you
0: can watch the Quali Illuminati videos. They're hilarious.
1: Exactly, right? Yeah. So all of, that, all of that stuff comes up. The mm-hmm. fact that you would have to join a secret society and a secret organization to attain some success, mm-hmm. it's comical, but it also speaks to a deep, deep trauma that needs mm-hmm. to be overcome. Right. So the so, idea that we're, that success is anti-black. Right. Mm-hmm. That you can't you do that do without, without compromising your blackness. So, um, and just like, and to be honest with you, disagreeing with white people is more fun.
3: Mm-hmm. They turn different
1: colors. Well, just like, you watch know, be honest, what, man. Wait, like, wait they get red? <laughs> they start telling you about the black people that they kicked it with in like 87 right. and 88 and 89. Man. White people in the room, do y'all agree with his? They assessment? Agree. agree. He's turning the color now.
3: Are you
2: <laughs> Jerry? He's turning the color now.
1: It's, <laughs> just a, it's just a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. It's like you you it's like more fun to watch them squirm. It's just yeah. it's, it's 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 like it's fun. They get all mad. You say something, and then like everybody's standing around, and I'm, I'm I'm laughing. I like that shit. I've been doing that for a long, long time. Right. So that 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 that's to me. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what's fun, of, fun for me.
2: One of my homeboys has a joke, and he was like, "You want to make a white person mad? Call him racist, and just watch him." Hey, that's just the like, worst. Oh, the racist
1: either? is the white person's n-word. Oh that's, yeah. That's, that's
2: that's the only. No, thing oh yeah. That. you're not
0: even you're not even being hyperbolic. No, that's people he, will tweet me and say that. Right. Yeah. I right. called my
2: uh, my Applebee's manager racist, and boy, he was like, "What? How?" How? such
0: a thing and i'm like bro i'm just telling the truth did you see who who who's that white dude um uh elijah cummings is the guy in baltimore right yeah and the white dude says something racist during the hearing and elijah cummings stepped up and said hold on y'all that's my man i fucks with him that's my guy me and him is cool he's clearly not racist because he's a friend of mine fast forward three months later donald trump Says Elijah Cummings. That dude didn't say a fucking word. Runs Baltimore, and he said no one wants to live in Baltimore. does mm-hmm. not that? That guy did not say. We he haven't didn't heard say him say
1: a fucking guy. word. Left him out to dry. Mm-hmm.
0: Elijah remember, Cummings,
1: this is your nigger wake up call. Rem- just re- remember. Mm-hmm. And when I say they, I'm not necessarily talking about white people. I'm talking about people who are for the status quo in America. Mm-hmm. Forget about their differences. Mm-hmm. They're always on code. Mm. Okay, so Jesus. so. So I'm not talking about necessarily one. I'm they talking about people mm-hmm. that want to maintain the status quo in America. Right. They're, they're focused. Billions, they're focused. They're like fuck
0: socialism. We're here for Western civilization. Stop, always. Get off that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Focus on these making these white babies and stopping this white genocide. And when it's time to put mm-hmm. their differences aside, mm-hmm. they will to keep you where you right. need to be. They're like we're evangel we're evangelical Christians. Donald Trump is clearly not not one.
1: Clearly not one, but we got his back. But yeah. we got his back because our code is maintaining what we have. They will always be on code. Mm-hmm. The people that are that are gonna let petty, silly little things get them off code have traditionally been us. But we're getting better.
2: We are getting better. We're it's we're changing. getting better
1: traditionally because of our history. Traditionally because of our history because because that we was the play.
2: Climb out the whole. But we're and but,
1: but we're getting better and we are going to forget about. We need to. We are going to, and we are, as a people, it. figuring this out. Mm-hmm. And it's not just us; we got a lot of great allies mm-hmm. out here now. Right. More great allies than Intersectionality we've ever. Had. Is Intersectionality is important. Intersectionality. You know, we, we got a lot of people that are, are 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 devoted to to figuring out and creating a better America, but we just gotta stay on code with each
0: other. Mm-hmm. One more thing. Okay. You're known for TMZ. Yes. You're known for going at Kanye or bringing Kanye in. Mm-hmm. What's next for Van Lathan? Mm. Like you have mm. Red Pill, but you know, what's next for you? Well,
1: contracts being what they are. <laughs> 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 we'll see bro. I like, you know, I have a vision for myself and it's more it's not about a specific job or a specific place that mm-hmm. I'm at. It's more about a person that I wanna be. Mm-hmm. And so as long as I keep attacking that, I think I'm gonna be okay. The People's Party,
0: Van Lathan y'all. Hey it's
2: tomorrow!